Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Semaphore Uncut, a podcast for developers about building great products. In this new episode, Darko, the podcast host, welcomes this Dot Labs co-founder and web developer, Tracy Lee. Tracy shares her insights on public speaking, community building, and the importance of staying adaptable in the ever-changing world of technology. I hope you enjoy this new episode, and let's dive in. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to San Franco Podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Tracy, if you would just go ahead and introduce yourself. I am the co-founder of a company called This Thought Labs. We are a agency focusing mainly on JavaScript, helping people build amazing applications. And we get to work on some really cool projects. Like uh, we have some really fun clients like Meta, uh, Cloudinary, Wikimedia, Twilio, Sentry, etc., etc. So yeah, we just love helping solve tech problems and who doesn't love solving problems? I feel like if you're a developer, like you're here because you actually like solving problems, right? Yeah, that's it. That's that. that that's the main line of the character, yes. I guess. We even <laughs> we even create problems so that we can solve them. That's also correct, and that sometimes <laughs> can be can be poisonous, but we do yes. that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Great. We have recently launched a CICD learning tool with shortcuts into everything you need to know to level up your CICD process and increase your productivity. Also, to ensure that all our customers get the best CICD guidance, we have improved our signup process. From now on, everyone who's considering using Semaphore will get personalized CICD expert guidance from day one. Our engineers have more than 10 years of experience, so you'll surely be in good hands. Check it out on our website, semaphoreci.com. Can you give us a, a bit of a, of a background, how you end up, what you're doing? You you had a company which you, you know sold and then cre- created a new company and all of that. So that would be amazing. I grew up in the Silicon Valley. So um, I did a tech startup and probably about, I don't know, nine, oh my God, almost 10 years ago, it was acquired. Um, and while I was going through the acquisition, I got bored and uh, I was non-technical and kind of stumbled into JavaScript. This was back in 2015. So if you all remember, like ES 2015 was coming out and, you know, there was this like new revolution of the web coming, lots of tooling available to us. So it was a great time to start web development because it seemed easy, right? Um, and, you know, I just totally fell in love with JavaScript and the ecosystem and the people and front-end development. So decided to start a company with um, some co-founders, one of them being one of my best friends, Ben Lesh, who created RxJS. I personally am on the RxJS team too. And uh, I'm a Google developer expert, a Microsoft MVP, GitHub star. I just love development and love helping people solve problems. So team is of a team of about 50 developers now. We are 100% remote and worldwide. And, you know, it's just a fun place to be. I, I love it. I love it. And I love uh, I love what we do. And apart from, from being a, a developer, you also did a lot of work, in, you know, doing public speaking, you know, and being uh, out there in, in the open and people know you and so on. And um, that's something that a lot of developers or maybe not a lot, but definitely some people would love to, you know, get more of a, a public image, you know, as, as a developer and all of that. However, 
it um, sometimes seems daunting to just start from, you know, being completely anonymous on the, on the internet. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. If you're a junior developer, and I, I think we all know some junior developers, right? Like you have no fear because you just don't know, right? And I think that's the best place to be because once you start knowing, then you start hesitating because you, you know, you're like, is this smart enough? People think I'm a senior developer. So can I say this? Is it too junior? Should I have known this? There's just all this stuff that gets built up that I feel like isn't useful for you because it makes you not do anything, right? And you know, I I actually suffer from that right now, (laughs) which is terrible. But I remember starting and just being so excited about the CLIs, you know? And then when Angular Angular, um, 2 came out, same thing. Whoa, there's a CLI. This is the best thing. Why would I ever do anything? You know, same with Create React App, right? Like, I just got so excited about these things. I remember when Angular came out with their first router, I was like, this router thing is so cool, you know? And um, I wrote about it because I was excited. I talked about it. Um, in the beginning, I would like live code basically, oh, hey, you know, within 20 minutes, I can spin up three different apps and three different technologies. Look how easy this is. And I think that's really empowering. So I think getting back to that is really helpful and useful. I think starting, um, you know, I talk to a lot of creators because I do a podcast called um, Just Ship It as well, where, you know, I get to talk to people like Chris Coyer, who started CodePen, for example. And, you know, everybody, all creators are just trying to like solve their own problems in a sense or solve problems that they see, things that they're passionate about. And I think starting from what you're passionate about versus what do other people care about is a good place to start. I remember my first speaking opportunity. I was three months into development and one of my friends said, hey, do you want to like, do you want to speak at a conference? And I was thinking, what are you talking about? <laughs> what was, what do you mean? <laughs> And he said, no, just like talk about what you learned, you know, what you've learned. So, you know, I, I talked about, um, you know, how to start an Embry application as a developer, as a beginner. And, um, you know, then I don't know, I think I got started ask, being asked to speak at conferences or maybe I started applying and getting accepted. So you just kind of start doing, you know, I still remember, um, I don't know if you all know Shruti Kapoor. She used to be at PayPal. Now she's at Slack. I think I asked her to speak or something. I don't remember how that happened, but I still remember taking a picture of like her first talk. And then all of a sudden she's everywhere. Honestly, it's just about taking the first step and finding those opportunities and just continuously going. Um, it really significantly helps your career. So I mean, there's just so many stories like that, but that's what helped me. I think also just getting to know people, right? Like just getting involved. Like you're there, you might as well. You know, some people are the people who scroll through the internet and don't say anything. But like, if you're scrolling through the internet, you might as well give a like, you might as well give a comment. You might as well something just to let people know you're there because that's where you start. I know it was for me and a lot of my colleagues also, who I have to be an expert on the topic. I have to be kind of the smartest person, maybe not smart, but I have to really have you know in-depth knowledge on something to be able to speak at, uh, at the conference and all of that. And um, it's amazing example, as you said, if you flip it around, 
no, I'm going to speak not because I'm the expert in this and I'm the best person potentially to speak with this, but I'm very, very excited about this. And that qualifies you to be able to speak about it and also make other people excited about it through, you know, sharing that excitement, which is um, very, very tied to those beginnings of the of the career. And I think a lot of people, you know, because I give these talks, I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I know some senior developers are sitting there going like, how cute. You know, (laughs) but like, (laughs) yeah, but like at the same time, they were, you know, they're like, man, that excitement, like I want that back in my life, you know, because again, I, I feel like as you advance in your career, you get more jaded and more jaded and seeing people excited about just the basic tooling is like, whoa, I should be this excited. What, you know, like why? And it's any topic really. I mean, I remember one of them that I was really excited about was material design. And when Angular Material came out, I tested every single component, figured out how every single component worked, and then wrote blog posts about how to use every single component and gave talks on it. But people were trying to use Material, and guess what? I was the only content out there. I wasn't an expert. I wasn't on the Angular Material team, but I was the only one that spent enough time like documenting how the heck to use these components that you weren't supposed to use yet. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you're the first. Yeah. It's true, as you mentioned, that, that developer, that fictional developer, senior developer in, in the audience who said, Oh, how cute. But that's also what I, what I see in, um, a lot of people who spend maybe, I don't know, a couple of years, depending on the person in some technology, some stack, you know, some domain. They are like, Oh, I'm so not excited about this anymore. Yeah. Which is a completely kind of completely different topic. But I guess that, I mean, one of the ways to address that is also to go into something new and be that newbie again. And Or actually, one great way to solve that is just mentor junior developers <laughs> because, you know, their excitement is contagious, right? And you're like, wow, you're having so much fun in this boring task that I have to do every single day. I guess I should find it a little bit more interesting, you know? I mean, it serves for both people. It serves for the, for, I think for this, for the senior developer and for the junior developer. I think also just getting better as a developer. I've paired with so many senior developers in, you know, in my past and there's people who can explain what they're doing and people who can't. But I think great developers, if you just want to improve on your skill um, and you feel like, you know, let's say you've reached the top or whatever, try explaining what you're doing to somebody. And if you can't explain what you're doing to somebody, that is a great way to practice. I think that also is why uh, giving talks, writing blog posts about how to use a specific technology. Um, again, you can be a great developer and not explain any of those things, but it's a good muscle to try to learn. Yeah, absolutely. I have, uh, I'm going to come back to speaking a little bit later, but we start exploring this area of being a developer who wants to get out there and all of that. And we dived deep into speaking, but there are other, you know, venues that people can explore. Definitely mentoring is one of those. So what are some other ways that you have seen that, that work well for people except uh, speaking? I think you just have to, you know, if you're trying to get out there as a developer, like you just have to find something you're excited about. But I think just finding, you know, your place, right? Like you talk to Adi Osmani, who just randomly builds their own browser. I don't know, but <laughs> he'll say, Hey, I also started, just started with the documentation, right? And then somebody found me and thought I was, saw my passion and wanted to shepherd and guide me. And that's how I got started, right? So you just, again, hear all these stories about people just, 
doing what they love on the internet, whatever that may be, whether it's documentation, whether it's solving your own problem. For me, again, like for blogging, I was just trying to document all the stuff that I needed to learn as a new developer and I needed a reference guide. So I blogged about it and put it on the internet and people cared, right? So it's like, you will find those types of things, but there's so many ways, again, to get integrated into the community. I think starting from what do I need to do to become popular is not the best way to approach it, but more like, what am I actually really excited about? Because if you do something just for a specific reason, it's not going to last. But if you do something because you're just really excited about it, it sticks and you'll enjoy your life better. <laughs> we have recently launched a CICD learning tool which shortcuts into everything you need to know to level up your CICD process and increase your productivity. Also, to ensure that all our customers get the best CICD guidance, we have improved our signup process. From now on, everyone who's considering using Semaphore will get personalized CICD expert guidance from day one. Our engineers have more than 10 years of experience, so you'll surely be in good hands. Check it out on our website, semaphoreci.com. And when it comes to when it comes to speaking, uh, it seems that it comes to you very naturally, and you never really hesitated, or you know. But um, just a couple of weeks ago, I had a, had a guest, um, uh, May Baseron, and she's like um, a developer, and she's moving into DevOps. She knew nothing about DevOps, and she was one thing that she 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 tried to solve is you know being super anxious in the interviews, and then she said, okay, I'm going to start speaking at conferences because if I master that, then interviews will not be you know scary for me anymore. <laughs> which is a very you know hardcore way to, <laughs> to 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 go about that problem but definitely a way to solve that i did the same thing i mean when i like for example i was like you know i'm going to host a meetup with all these venture capitalists and startups like you know many, many years and years ago prior to me doing technology right and you know i had to introduce this meetup that I was doing. And I would write it down on a piece of paper, print it out, recite it multiple times in the car, and then go and then read off of a piece of paper for a long time. And now, you know, it's like, oh, I'm keynoting a conference. There's some technical issues. Let's talk about sushi on stage. Who cares? So everybody has to start from somewhere. But who was telling me that? Corey, Corey House was telling me that too, that he didn't like speaking so he decided to start speaking on stage <laughs> yeah it's one of those ways to, to solve a problem <laughs> yeah so you can keep doing what you're bad you know what you're bad at or not be good at it i mean you know people don't just naturally end up the way they are it's through practice right in every technology, every online community, and so there is evolution. There is that initial, you know, excitement and how that community is initially formed. You kind of know everyone from the community by name, although you haven't met them and that's all just fine. And then as community grows, communities tend to change their, their nature and how, how they operate and all of that. Can you maybe share, share some thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's just like anything, right? Like you... You know, if you're joining communities, right, like you, it's just like joining a team. If you're on a smaller team, you have a bigger impact. If you're on a bigger team, you have less of an impact, but there's like more little kind of silos for you to be effective, right? So, you know, Node, for example, is a huge project. I mean, Node has the security working group, the um, 
you know, the release, I I don't know, the releases team, but anyways, just tons of different working groups related to what's next in notes, security. uh, I don't know what else. I don't know why security is coming to my mind right now. And there's like community groups as well. um, And they all do their own little thing because nobody can work on everything at once, right? And obviously there's still the technical steering committee who kind of leads the technical aspect of it. But that's how you contribute in that type of organization, right? Um, you have, I think React is interesting because, you know, in the beginning, I feel like everybody was kind of like looking to, looking for guidance or something from the React team. But the React team is like, no, <laughs> We are just a library. And so what you've ended up with with React is so many people filling the gaps of React because, you know, there's not one library to serve them all, right? And I think actually uh, that's been, um, you know, the the reason why the React ecosystem is the way it is. All of a sudden you have these frameworks that are built on top of React and you have these tons of libraries, tons of tooling, tons of et cetera. And now the React community, funnily enough, which again, you know, it, our, our community always goes in cycles, right? Uh, like mono repo or not, microservices or not, like, I don't know. Let's wait seven years and see what the opinion is. Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but uh, with React, you know, before, you know, you, you, you think about again, like seven years ago, it was, well, it's just JavaScript. We don't want it to be opinionated. We love that it's just a library. And then now it's, oh, well, obviously you should be using a meta framework because who wants to deal with all the configuration? But the React community prior was, well, we hate Angular because it's giving us too many opinions. We don't want a happy path. We want to do it ourselves. And it's like, okay, well, now you, now you do want a happy path. Okay. Here we go. You know, so, um, I think, you know, you stay in technology long enough and, um, it's just what's the trend? <laughs> what's the trend these days? Yeah. Trend connected with that, what we have learned about those previous seven years. And we, hey, we change our opinion on this topic. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's completely fine. Which is why we all have jobs because every, you know, it's like, okay, well, we spent 10 years migrating this. Hopefully it doesn't take you 10 years to migrate something, but we migrated this thing and now we're, you know, we spent 10 years on it. Now we want to migrate to a new technology. All right. Here we go. 10 years later again. So developers will always have jobs because there's always this like migration to new technologies. All of those, you know, successful SaaS companies from, you know, 2010s in those years are now 10 plus years old. They're all very successful, but the core application that they're working still is probably still that, you know, gigantic monolith that is in there. And it has, it suffers from so many, you know, problems, <laughs> but it is on the other hand, very, 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 very successful. So connects to some extent to that, you know, migrating. So we, we just reach a certain point and now we are going to start changing something. And uh, yes, and 10 years later, monoliths will be cool again. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere, uh, somewhere in the dark spaces of the internet, everybody, somebody's saying monoliths are the best thing ever. <laughs> and I have heard actually many, in a lot of companies, there are more, you know, bad reasons for chopping out that monolith than, than good ones. But that element of hype, we are all... We all react to it. We all react to, to, to the hype. And we also all want to be part of that newest, coolest kid group crowd, you know, whatever. And that's uh, not not easy to resist. 
Yes, you have front end teams, you have back end teams, you have DevOps teams, right? And everybody kind of, I don't know, separates concerns that way. But a lot of the tooling that's coming out now is like, hey, you don't need a, you don't need a QA team, for example, right? You don't need a deployment team. And there's this idea that because, for example, you know, let's say front end developers or all developers push everything to QA, there's some idea that there's like not ownership in your code. So developers are expected to like do more testing, do their own QA, do their own deployments, blah, blah, blah. So do their own performance. It's, you know, so there's a lot more expectations. But what I think is really great about that is there's just so many tools now that will do it for you. It's good and it's bad because I think some people will argue if you don't know how to do it internally, you don't know the internals of something, then you can't debug it. And how can you be a good developer? Versus now it's like, well, the tool is there. I'm doing my own deployments, but I'm also just clicking a button. So it doesn't matter, you know? <laughs> and that's the pattern generally in the industry. I would say that abstraction layer is getting, you know, higher and higher. And uh, people who are joining the generally developer career today versus 15 years ago, expectations are different. More ownership, probably wider, wider area. However, abstraction, abstraction layer is, is higher, which is making it easier and harder at the same time, if that makes sense. But it will be very interesting. Oh, like for me, I cannot, for the life of me, like, I mean, I love doing, um, you know, building mobile applications, right? Like it's fun. It's fun until there's a bug and it's fun until the bug is like not related to JavaScript. And I spent four hours trying to debug, um, whatever the Apple, Frick, yeah, it's just, look, my app wasn't that big enough. I am just deleting it and restarting because I cannot deal with this. I just spent four hours and just, you know, I can't do it. Right. Um, but you know, that's the problem too, right? Like, but again, it goes to say, how good do we need to be at X, Y, and Z? And then with the rise of AI, you think, okay, things are making things a lot easier for us. But at the same time, like how, like, is it just going to be, you know, old school developers who actually know what's going on. I don't know. Like, what does that look, what does that new future look like? You know? Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. But a lot of opportunity, lots of opportunity. Definitely. And the, the many unknown, you know, avenues to discover. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For people that want to, you know, learn more about you and follow you and also find your podcast, can you give us some pointers? What are the best places to find Tracy. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Lady Elite always. Um, I do the Modern Web Podcast, um, a podcast called Just Ship It. I'm really excited and passionate about engineering leadership these days. So I've been publishing a series weekly on engineering leadership. You can find that like on LinkedIn or on the Vistop blog. Uh, we are hiring. So you can always go to thisdot.co. That's thisdot.co to find out more information. Again, there's tons of information on our blog. Um, and then, you know, if you ever just want to chat, I'm always happy to talk. So let me know. Great. Tracy, thank you much for this time. It was great chatting to you. Thank you. What a great conversation. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. Make sure to subscribe to Semaphore Uncut on your podcast player of choice so that you don't miss our new episodes. And stay tuned. 